Patriots, assemble! We don't mess around. We don't waste time. Over here at his hard line. Let's go! from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side because they are the host with the most and they are in charge. They are in the captain's chair and they're at the helm. Therefore, they're at the wheel and they are steering this great ship through these crazy rough, rough waters that we call life. So welcome to His Heart Line. Today is Thursday. Thursday, June 8th, 2023, and you are listening to episode 557, Walk the Talk, and we'll be doing a reading out of James chapter 2. All right. My apologies for being 15 minutes late. I was on a phone call. Uh, Just, you know, just, I don't even want to get into it, guys. Just (laughs) a little heated. I'm a little heated right now, and uh, so you got to forgive me here. Oh, hold on. I got to switch something over here. Sorry, Claw Hub. I didn't mean to not switch you over there. You didn't miss anything. I always keep forgetting. I had to switch a button over there so they can hear the broadcast here after the music. Anyways, uh, nothing big deal. It's not a big deal. It's just, you know, just, uh, just mm, anyway. So, um. I tell you, it's really crazy. seems like, um, so again, I have to be done by 7.30, so I got only 40 minutes to play with here, so forgive me if I sound like I'm rushing. But, you know, it seems like we not only have a drought or drought-like conditions across the majority of this nation, but it seems like we've got a lot of fires that are sparking up everywhere around not only this country, but around the world. It's pretty crazy. You know, it seems like it's being done on purpose. I I mean, I don't know what's going on there, but that is insane. We got fires that are sparking up in northern Michigan, I guess in Canada. It would make sense why the sun and the moon have been looking really, really dim lately and really just off color. I mean, you can't even you can't even see the stars. You can see the moon, but you see no stars. I mean, it's really crazy. Um so anyway, a uh, quick disclaimer. Remember, as I always state periodically on this podcast, I am not a doctor. I don't wear a white coat. Don't play one on TV. I'm not a financial advisor, pastor, priest, deacon, biblical scholar, or a bar lawyer, and I don't hold any title of nobility. I do not give legal advice. I am not the official face or voice of the national, state, or county assemblies. And additionally, I do not advocate for violence. I am my own man, and the opinion, thoughts, and statements are of my own, unless I reference other materials. So there you go. 
So real quick, ladies and gentlemen, just want to let you know for, regarding yesterday, because I know a lot of people are like, hey, Jason, uh, I only got three chapters in the book of Joel, and you said there's four. What the heck? Yeah, I learned something new yesterday, too. And I was looking through every single version of the Bible on Bible Gateway. And yeah, every single Bible out there, Catholic Bibles to new international version or whatever, right, to the NASB, to King James, New King James, Geneva 1599, uh, New Life translations. I don't know. All the translations. I literally clicked through every single Bible and went to the book of Joel. Every single one of them had only three chapters except the New American Bible Revised Edition. So I learned something new. Like I said, the reason I like the New American Bible Revised Edition is because it has the original Hebrew text of the seven Apocrypha books that's not in any of the other Bibles. But seeing a chapter added where other Bibles don't have, that was a new one for me. So I want to do a little digging on that because I know there's also a lot of verses that are missing in the Bible too. Very key, important verses that are missing in a lot of versions that are, uh, you know, that actually exist in different versions. It's really interesting. So, you know, but I think they're keeping a whole lot more from us than just that. So anyways, so, and real quick, if you need to email the show, the email is hishardline at gmail.com, hishardline at gmail.com. And if you want to go check out the website, it's www.hishardline.com. There is a give, send, go if you want to contribute and support the work that we're doing here. But more importantly, I need you to, I need you to basically share the show. That's ultimately what I need you guys to do. I want you to share this show. I need you to grab the link, text it to people, email it to people, put it on your social media. I don't care what you got to do. Write it down on paper and put it snail mail. Figure a way to share the show. Smoke signals, everything, right? So, so here's the thing, guys. When a society neglects to uphold the principles of fairness and compassion and the recognition of intrinsic worth, it seems like negative consequences ensue, right? Divisions deepen, inequality spreads, and trust eventually erodes out. And amidst a lot of these challenges, one potential remedy lies in returning to self-governance by, again, like what we're doing, reassembling our de jure states and embracing the principles of a republic. And so resembling de jure states entails, you know, reclaiming the rightful power, right, and authority of local communities and individuals. It involves a return to fundamental principles of a republic where decisions are made by the representatives chosen by the people. Okay. Not selected, but, you know, chosen through a process. And so by revitalizing the notion of self-governance within a republic, communities can actually actively address the negative consequences of a society that has lost sight of its core values. And so through self-governance within a republic, communities can strive to restore fairness and equality. Now, by decentralizing the power in decision-making, individuals, men and women, have a greater say in shaping the policies and systems that directly affect their lives, especially within the grand jury. This helps counteract favoritism and partiality, which we see a lot of in our de facto system, without a doubt. And as decisions are made with a collective well-being and fair treatment of all members of society in mind. Now, furthermore, self-governance within a republic fosters a sense of compassion and recognition of intrinsic worth by empowering local communities to address the needs of their members. Marginalized individuals are no longer ignored or cast aside. 
which is very important. And self-governance within a republic provides an avenue for communities to actively prioritize the well-being of all members, ensuring that compassion guides decision-making and that every individual's worth is acknowledged and respected because everybody has value. Everybody has worth because God gave everybody a gift. It's up to us to help people discover those gifts and, and harness those gifts, right? And so by returning to self-governance, again, within a republic, it also renews the connection between values and actions, which we see very little of by most people these days. And so when individuals have the power to shape their own communities through elected, truly elected representatives, they can actually actively align their actions with their shared values of justice and compassion and fairness. You know, this creates a society where words and principles are translated into tangible deeds, actually things that can actually, you know, you could see manifest with your own eyes but by, by what you're deciding on, right? And so where the pursuit of personal gain is balanced with the commitment to the common good. And so in reassembling de jure states and embracing self-governance within a republic, communities can work towards the remedy of a fragmented society, like kind of what we have right now. And so by revitalizing local decision-making and empowering individuals and social cohesion can be restored and through active engagement and participation, individuals can bridge divisions, foster empathy, and collectively address the challenges facing their local communities. Here's the thing, returning to self-governance within a republic by reassembling the de jure states, it holds the potential to remedy the negative consequences of a society that has deviated from its core principles. It offers an opportunity to restore fairness and compassion and the recognition of intrinsic worth by empowering individuals, men and women, and local communities. You know, we can forge a path forward towards a more inclusive, fair, and just society. Now, we're going to talk more about that here after the reading. So let's get into James chapter 2, verses 1 through 26. This I'm reading out of the New King James Version right now. And this first section is talking about how we need to be aware of personal favoritism. So it says, My brethren, do not hold the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in a good place, and say to the poor man, you stand there, or sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him? But you have a dishonored the poor man. Do not, do not the rich oppress you and drag you into courts? Do they not blaspheme the, that noble name by which you are called? If you are really, if you really fulfill the law, uh, the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. 
For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Now, as we get into verse 14, we talk about how faith without works is dead. So starting with verse 14, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Oh, very powerful. Let's say that again. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Again, walk the talk. Continuing, you believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. And likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. And that is the reading of uh, James chapter 2, verses 1 through 26. So James chapter 2, we learned several important lessons about faith, deeds, and treating others with love and mercy. And James starts by warning against showing favoritism or partiality based on external appearances, right? Judging that book by its cover. He emphasizes that believers in Jesus Christ, we should treat all men and women with equal respect and dignity. Doesn't matter who you are, what color you are, what race you are, doesn't matter anything like that. Treat all with equal respect and dignity, regardless of their worldly status. Now, James also reminds us that God has also chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of his kingdom. Now, this challenges societal norms that often value wealth and privilege, as we do here in America, by and large. It teaches us to recognize the intrinsic worth of every man and woman, regardless of their marital or material possessions or social standing. The chapter then highlights the inseparable connection between faith and deeds, and it warns against claiming faith without demonstrating it through actions of love and service. Again, walk your talk. Don't just say you have faith. Show it through your works. Mere profession of faith is not enough. Genuine faith should be accompanied by tangible works of compassion and mercy. So James emphasizes here the royal law of loving one's neighbor as oneself it's not just about words, but about actively showing love and kindness to others. And he also emphasizes that the importance of showing mercy instead of passing judgment, because judgment without mercy will be shown to those who have not shown mercy themselves. So ultimately, James teaches that faith and works go hand in hand, and genuine faith is not separate from works, but is made complete by them. 
It's not enough to believe intellectually or verbally or faith should be alive and transformative, leading to practical acts of love, justice, and service. So the lessons from James 2, chapter 2, include avoiding favoritism, recognizing that the worth of every individual man and woman, demonstrating faith through deeds, right? Like Destry is saying right here, actions speak louder than words, fruits of labor, practicing love and mercy and understanding the inseparable connection between faith and works. See, these teachings, ladies and gentlemen, provide guidance on how to live out a genuine and transformative faith, showing love and mercy to others and reflecting God's character. A key word, reflecting God's character in our actions. We're never going to be God. We're not going to be perfect like God, but we can certainly do our best to reflect God's character. So in today's society, you know, we can apply the lessons Hold on a second. I'm seeing uh, somebody in the chat, Liz Anel, saying she keeps losing connection. Not sure why. Are you guys hearing me? Get, give me a 5-5 five five in the chat if you do. Just want to make sure. She said it's just me. Okay, good deal. Uh, sorry, Liz. I don't know. Um, yeah, internet can be screwy sometimes. I'm surprised. Leslie Liberty usually has problems with hearing me. It goes in and out. She's actually doing good today. It's good. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. You know, with James chapter 2, how do I want to start this? I guess with today's society, you know, we need to apply the lessons from James chapter two, because why? It promotes inclusivity, compassion, and justice, right? We need to experience, we need to display more of that to, to our brothers and sisters. doesn't matter who they are, rich, poor, good, indifferent, whatever, right? Because first we must consciously avoid favoritism and treat everyone with equal respect and dignity. And by looking beyond external appearances or social status, we create a sense of belonging and foster a more inclusive community. Now, we also need to recognize the intrinsic worth of every individual because everybody is gifted with different talents and treasures by God. And everyone, you know, the, the thing is, is challenging the materialistic values that dominate our culture. You know, by valuing people based on their character, virtues, and contributions, I don't know, kind of like what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. thought was a good idea, you know, judge a man by the, you know, by the content of his character, not by the color of his skin. But yet people want to judge wealth and status. And, and, and for some reason, we promote a more equitable and compassionate society. Uh-uh. See, faith should not remain confined to personal beliefs. It should be demonstrated through tangible acts of love and service, right? Service to others, not self-serving yourself, but service to others. And by actively seeking opportunities to help those in need, support charitable causes as long as they're not fraudulent, that is. But more importantly, to contribute towards our communities because it's our own backyards, folks right? Your own neighbor, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So contribute to your own communities. By doing that, we bring our faith to life and, and become agents of positive change, right? I don't know who originally said it, but I remember from a movie, uh, I think it was called Notorious. It was about the life of Biggie Smalls, the rapper Biggie Smalls out of New York. But I remember at the end of the movie, he says, become the change you, you know, be the change that you want to see in the world. Now, I'm sure it came from someone else, but I remember hearing it for the first time in that movie. And it's so true. Be the change that you want to see in the world. Practicing love and mercy is essential in a society often marked by judgment and division. 
By extending kindness and empathy and forgiveness to others, we create an atmosphere of understanding, compassion, and reconciliation. And through these acts, we can build stronger relationships and promote unity in our communities. Now, again, I do apologize for rushing through this because, you know, this is a very important lesson I think we all need to take here. But uh, like I said, I, it was kind of a, a packed evening for me, and I was just on the phone call for the first 15 minutes of when the show should have been on. But, you know, again, it was a call that needed to be had. Um, but lastly, though, I want to recognize, or we should recognize, the inseparable connection between faith and works. The inseparable connection between faith and works is crucial. We need to recognize that because we need to examine our own lives and ensure that our actions align with our beliefs. Again, walk your talk. Don't sit there flapping your gums saying, oh, well, I do this and yippee for me and I am just so wonderful. Uh, yeah, okay. What are you doing to back up your, your talk? Because as far as I'm concerned, like that old saying goes, talk is cheap. And if you hear it from DMX, he says something else behind that talk is cheap. He uses an F-bomb behind that. We ain't going to do that here. But talk is cheap. Walk your talk. Back it up. Again, we need to examine our own lives and ensure that our own actions align with our beliefs. Living out our faith means treating others with compassion and advocating for justice and actively engaging in acts of service and generosity. You catch the picture? Are you seeing the bigger picture? By applying these lessons from James chapter 2 in today's society, we can absolutely 100% without a doubt contribute to the creation of a more inclusive, compassionate, and just world. Each of us has that opportunity and the potential to make that positive impact on individual men and women, women's lives and collectively work towards building a society that values the inherent worth and dignity of all people. See, folks, I don't care if you're a trash man or a welder or a janitor or a doctor. I don't care if you're an NFL, you know, star quarterback. I don't care if you were the first man on the moon. If you're a disrespectful individual. I don't want to have you in my presence. Depart from me. I don't want somebody like that around me. Again, I don't care who you are, what your occupation is, how much money you hold in your bank account, which is pretty much worthless fiat dollars comprised of, you know, a binary code of, you know, ones and zeros. But I don't care who you are. If you're a good man or woman of faith and your actions back up your talk, you're an ace in my book. And, and, and not that my judgment means anything, but because I, I have to practice the same things. 
Rietta's getting in a topic that we, we, we should wait for a different day. She goes, we're still waiting for that first man on the moon. <laughs> Touche. I love it. I love it. But my point is, don't, just because someone has, <laughs> she says she couldn't help it. I, I wouldn't be able to help it either. I, I'd probably, you know, look, we, we all know it's BS. <laughs> we, we know. Um, we're getting off topic here. All right. No rabbit trails today, folks. All right. We got a time frame to keep on and I got a, a, a state meeting to be on in 19 minutes here. So focus, focus guys, focus. All right. Don't be talking about twin towers and conspiracy theories of what hit the white house or the, uh, the uh, Pentagon. All right. And we'll save that for a different day. We'll save that loose change talk for a different day. <laughs> well, I need, I, I ran out of tinfoil anyways. I need to go to the store. So there you go. Yes, I'm building seven. Um, <laughs> Donnie says, I told her we're still waiting. I love it. But the thing is, though, all kidding aside, guys, I, I, I don't care who you are. I don't care what money you make. I don't care w- what type of material uh, things you hold in your possession. I don't care how big your house is. I don't care if you own the largest skyscraper in Dubai. I don't care. If you're a scumbag, I don't want to be around you. Get away from me. Are you a good man or woman to other people? Do you show compassion and love towards those that are even ha- have no home? That struggle to find crumbs in a trash can just to stay somewhat nutri- you know, uh, their body, you know, nu- you know, put nutrition in their body to some degree. Are, like, are you that one that's going to try to help feed them? If you see someone in need, See, that's the kind of man or woman I want to be friends with. I want good people like that. Just like we need good people like that in the assembly. Are you getting in the assembly because you want to elevate your status? Or are you getting in the assembly because you truly have a genuine love for country and God and your fellow brothers and sisters? And you want to help liberate people and gain that freedom once and for all so we can never return back to this tyrannical and abusive, you know, destructive powers of a de facto government ever again. Like, what, what? We need people like that. Again, walk your talk. Don't, I'm going to say a bad word. So if you have kids, turn it down here. But again, what, what, what do they say? Money talks, bullshit walks. Right? Well, in this case, works talk and bullshit walk. You know, you know it, it, anyway, you get it. It's all walk your talk. Ah, gosh, darn it. I wanted to play Buddy Brown earlier when I was talking about the fires. Let's play him real quick. Let's, let's get a little, little humor from Buddy Brown, our, our good friend from Mississippi. Let's, let's see what he has to say about crazy, loony climate activists. Let's, let's see what he's got to say. Maybe. Is he going to play? Come on, phone. Activists have proposed to kill 200,000 cows just to meet climate goals in Europe. Yeah, our climate's getting too hot. I got an idea. Let's remove all the food we eat. Climate activists are some of the lowest forms of life on planet Earth. They run around telling everybody that mining coal is bad when mining cobalt, lithium, and copper is good. Can y'all imagine these people back on the Oregon Trail back in 1845? Boy, it sure is cold tonight on this Kansas prairie. I don't know what we're going to do. 
Let's burn the wagon. <laughs> just for this, I am adding cattle to my ranch next year just to do my part in fighting against the left-wing hatred of our food supply. I'll have as many cows as I want and you'll do nothing about it. Might even feed them beans just to show the methane ain't changing nothing. Be careful, y'all. Stupidity is contagious. <laughs> Indeed it is. Stupidity is contagious. And that's why you have to be careful of who you surround yourself with. You cannot surround yourself with stupid people. Okay? Stupid can rub off on you. Jason, that's not very nice. Yeah, sue me. I don't give a f Seriously, don't hang around stupid people. Oh, I don't know how to take that. Angie was saying in the chat, I get to hang out with Rietta. Is that a negative or a positive thing? I was just talking about stupid people, and you say, I get to hang out with Rietta. <laughs> I know what you mean, by the way. I know what you mean. I'm just making a funny. I'm making a funny. Anyway, let's say a prayer here, because like I said, I'm under the gun with time, but I do apologize for being late, guys. Um, all kidding aside, I don't like being late for the show, especially like two, three minutes. That's one thing, but 15 minutes, I didn't like that. But like I said, I was... I was uh, on a phone there. So, um, yes, and Angie, I did say that. Yes, surround yourself with good people. And if Rietta is good people and you're good people, then it's good people surrounding each other with good people. That's a win-win. That is great. So, Heavenly Father, we want to humbly seek your guidance and wisdom and, and, acknowledge, and, and acknowledging our... <sighs> our society's departure from, you know, where we should be and being self-governed as a body politic of people. Right. And, and our departure of compassion and, and lawful justice. We ask that you forgive us for not being more diligent and aware of the atrocities which have occurred under our noses and that we didn't pay close enough attention and, or turned a blind eye because we assumed that someone else would actually do, you know, they would right the wrong. Turns out we were wrong for even thinking that. We're good people that let, you know, evil triumph and, and, and do bad things. And so we ask that you grant us the strength to reclaim our communities, empowering us to prioritize fairness and equality. Right. Elevate everybody up. Help us decentralize power. And amplify every voice. Help us amplify every voice and address the needs of the marginalized. Instill in us the compassion and empathy, valuing the worth of every man and woman. Because every man and woman is worth their salt because you've instilled a unique gift in everybody on earth. And so lead us towards a just society. Help us with our assembly of states. Lead us towards where, you know, lead us where values need to be aligned with our actions and give us courage to confront injustice and, and, and give us wisdom to make righteous decisions and give us perseverance to overcome any obstacle. We pray that unity and collaboration and inclusivity guides us as we pursue this, this thing we call self-governance. We trust in your loving care, Lord. Guide us on the path of compassion, justice, and self-governance, and may we restore lost values and build a society that reflects your divine principles. And Rietta adds here, Lord, we thank you for your blessings today. Lord, knowing our hope is in you helps us get through each day, and we ask for you, or for the unsaved, to give their lives to you. Thank you, Lord. We trust you. 
And Angie adds, and thank you, God, for blessing everyone on the earth with many unexpected moments of pure joy that clearly demonstrate your love for them. We pray all of this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. And so, uh, again, I apologize. The show is a bit shorter today and, of course, late. My bad. But we still have enough time real quick. I got just enough time to play a little old-time rock and roll. by a little Bob Seger, come on back. You know I had to freaking play a little Bob Seger because this is the song I was jamming out to the other day when I before I read the book of Joel and it just rocked my whole morning. So anyways... I hope you all have a good night. Stay blessed. Now, tomorrow's Friday. It's my only day off this week, so I will be doing a podcast free Friday, and I'll be back here on Saturday. Yes, I'll be back here on Saturday. I'm not going to the cottage, so yes, you will not have an unexpected. Oh, sorry, guys. Another Saturday. I'm taking the day off. Nope, not doing it. Because, like I said, going on a little family outing in the middle of the week. So. We'll be back here on Saturday evening, a Sunday evening, and Monday evening, and yes, even Tuesday evening, guys, I promise you. Unless something happens that's out of my control, I can't guarantee, or, you know, I can't, I can't predict the unknown variable, so there is that little stipulation. So there you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you back here on Saturday evening. God bless.
Remember, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, ladies and gentlemen. We are firm. We are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. It is up to people like you and I to hold that line. They've crossed the line way too many times, and it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it. We gotta do this for God. We gotta do this for our families. We gotta do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show. Get to check out the website www.hisheartline.com and if you want to know more about how to get involved with your assembly go to www.national-assembly.net that's www.national-assembly.net it's time to get active ladies and gentlemen let's go Joining us here at His Heart Line. 
see you back here next time. time.